what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, the podcast inspiring young rock and metal fans to discover new music and find a place where they can connect and feel accepted. That is where we are on the Chord Progression Podcast. So welcome to the show. Welcome community, everybody. This episode is one that is a little bit special for me because the person we have on the episode today has appeared on an episode before, has probably been the only person that's ever actually like been a part of an episode, but actually wasn't, just kind of was sitting in on one. For one of the best reasons, I got to thank Garrett Russell from Sound Planet for that one. So get ready for one that's going to be very insightful and a hell of a lot of fun. Before we go to that, though, I want to thank support this podcast, which comes from Phoenix Fitness. So you guys know, what is my favorite thing to do in the world? My two favorite things. I've mentioned this before. One is podcasting. Two, mosh pits, baby. So I got to mosh the way I want to mosh, which is go from the beginning of the first band to the end of the headliner and not take any breaks in between. Be strong enough to deliver some great hits, but also be strong enough to the point where I know I'm not the biggest guy in the pit. I know somebody's going to try and come and take me out. I got to be able to take that hit. Hi, Nate. So I got to be what I call mosh pit fit. So I go to the gym consistently. I'm doing a lot of weightlifting to get that strength and a lot of cardio in order to be able to have that stamina to go from beginning to end and not take any breaks. And if you guys have seen the crazy Brewers hat guy in the pit in Milwaukee, Madison, Green Bay, or Chicago, yeah, you know it because that is me. So in order to make sure I can do that and hit those fitness goals, I need to make sure I'm preparing right and recovering right so I can do this day in and day out. And that's where Phoenix Fitness comes and help you achieve your fitness goals with many different products to help you, again, prepare and recover. They have types of pre-workouts, both stim and stim-free. I use their stim-free stuff because, guys, I don't need any extra energy. I'd be, like, jittery, shaky, don't need any extra, you know, crazy energy. Like, I've got enough of it in the bag. So... I just use their non-SIM stuff. Different types of B-stable recovery compounds help your muscle absorb nutrients post-workout. Different types of creatine help you build muscle. Different types of protein help you build muscle. Whey-based, collagen-based, plant-based protein. I use their chocolate malt whey uh, protein because, ooh, that's just good taste and stuff. Different types of multivitamins, literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals. Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners and viewers on YouTube can get 20% off using the code CPP20 at FNX. That's the comment description of the podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now time for a feature presentation. We got one hell of a time, and we get to talk about some good stuff with a man that's been on the podcast before. Who is it? <gasps> Just get ready for this one. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, this is kind of a special one because this guy right here was probably the only person to actually sit in on an episode that was being recorded and was not a part of it at that point in time. He was in the front seat of the car when we had our chat with Garrett from Silent Planet back in like August of 2022. Now it's, you know, summer 2023 and he's on the podcast himself. He is the one-man band, heliocentric, and if you are fans of Silent Planet, you're going to want to check out this band, and even gave me some fun facts about him too. Soul artist, mix and mash his own music. He's a former street preacher who is now an atheist and quote-unquote loves religion, and also loves fucking with Indian scam callers, which makes me incredibly happy. So this man is here with us today. So please welcome Jared Smith back to the Core Progression Podcast. So Jared, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. It's an honor to be here. I do have to issue a correction. Um, my fucking with scam callers is not relegated to any one race or nationality. I will fuck with scam callers of any color, creed, or denomination. Very well said. But I, because I remember you put that in there. I'm just like, you know what? I've seen so many different like little snidbits on YouTube or on you know any TikTok, Instagram, YouTube reel. And it's always 
fucking with scam callers. It was like, <laughs> I love this shit because they're finally getting their comeuppance in a fun way. And I'm like, I get to enjoy this stuff. So if you enjoy doing it from scam callers from all walks of life around the world, man, I love it. Dude, it's a, it's a great time. Um, I haven't been as on it as I need to be, but my most recent was there was a Nigerian scammer who was trying to mess with me from Instagram. And true story, I ended up FaceTiming him and he picked up. Dude, he picked up and I start talking with this guy and I was so ready to just like let him have it and tell him what a dirtbag he was. The kid was like 17 in <laughs> high school. And I was like, okay, I can't. I can't be mad at this guy. Um, but yeah, really cool dude. Uh, I still I still look out his number and everything. Wildlife. So do, you, do you still chat for him from time to time? Be like, hey man, how's it going? Are you, are you doing the scam call life? Are you going on to something else right now? Just, you know, being like a, a mentor from the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so the place where we left the chat was he told me that he wanted to be a rapper. And uh, he was trying to, you know, get his hand in the rap game. And so I told him I make music. And he said, oh, cool. Would you mind making a beat for me? And so, and he sent me like a voice memo of the kind of, you know, trap beat that he wanted. And I was like, okay, word. I'll see if I can uh, whip something up in the vein of Tyler, the creator, or, you know, whoever. And uh, so, yeah, check back in with me in like a month or two and uh, see if I've had a collab with a Nigerian scammer. God, doesn't that sound like such great clickbait? That that definitely does. How I collaborate with a Nigerian phone scammer, and all of a sudden it's, <laughs> yep, he was a phone scammer. I FaceTimed him. He ended up being a real person, like seventeen years old, wanted to be a rapper, and we collaborate. I made a beat for him, and hopefully he's going off on his own way and having success in the rap game. That's what we're hoping for, so that he goes off and is no longer phone scamming people, but he's doing something for himself. And he's doing what he loves. Here's to hoping, man. Though, if I could get him on the metal scene, um, talk him out of that hip hop nonsense, that would be preferable. So, yeah, man, time will tell. Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking about this now. Uh, of course, when it comes to the metal scene, you know, any like a bands from anywhere in North America, specifically the United States and Canada, along with a lot of places over in Europe and Australia as well. It's like they're very prominent, of course, getting all these rock and metal bands come out, but other parts of the world, especially in like Asia and Africa, we're not really seeing those. Asia, we're starting to see some come out of there, like The Who. I mean, there's a lot of great Japanese bands like Crystal Lake, Cold mm-hmm. Rain, Baby Metal. I'm just scratching the surface there. And Is Crystal they... Lake Japanese? Yeah. No way. Yeah, they are. What? Yep. Huh. Damn. <laughs> yeah, and then the last one I was going to bring up is one I recently just saw live, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, from India, Bloodywood. Like, holy mm. crap. You get a chance to go see him, go and see him. But I'd love to see a band from Africa get some, like, just find their love for metal and just come out and kick some ass. And all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, now metal's really making its way all across the world. Yeah. Dude, um, we're marching forward one uh, one continent at a time. One continent at a time. We hit, we hit Europe. We hit North America. We hit... We we hit Australia absolutely. I know oh, we beat the, the shit out of Australia. God, yeah, now dude. and now and Australia's beating the shit out of us because the bands and yeah. the, the music they're creating is so fantastic. Dude, Australian gent hits different. It's just it's like gnarlier, more energetic. It's every band that I've heard that has come out of Australia has been like ten out of ten. Yeah, because I'm trying to think there's, I mean, like Amity Affliction, Parkway Drive, mm-hmm. even though a lot of people are gonna reference older Parkway Drive. Uh, make them suffer, Polaris. 
by art is uh, murder they're they're all they're, saying, right? yeah i think yeah there it is murder uh who am i just i just had one in my head and i just completely lost it uh north lane forgot about them they're australian yeah damn dude yeah it's it's it's, ri- it's ridiculous and i'm just thinking man you know they're kicking ass and they're sending everything we're getting from them is just like and this is so much better than what we sometimes have going on over here so much better with stuff that's going on over here but you know what Keep it coming because the more great stuff we get coming from there, the more great inspiration we're going to have everywhere else across the world and things just going to keep getting better and better. So keep it flowing, man. Keep it going. <laughs> we don't deserve the Aussies. No, no, we don't. I know. And like they're, uh, the Parkway Drive tour that's happening in the fall in the United States, it's four Australian bands. So you get Parkway Drive headlining with then with North Lane, Amity Affliction, and Make Them Suffer All in Support. And it's just like, damn. Um. You know, you're probably going to want to get in the gym like six months before that show because it's going to be a rough one. Yeah, I would say just keep your neck brace in the back of the car uh, for the drive <laughs> home. That's probably wise. It, it probably is, except for me. I'm just going to be like, screw it. We're just going to go and do it anyway. <laughs> Dude, I maybe I'm just like missing out. Maybe I'm not super tuned up on the scene here, but it's been way too damn long since I've had a good crowd surf. Um, I've I've missed shows here and i don't have any excuse anymore like we're post covid um it just yeah last show that i went to was a silent planet show which silent planet show dude i don't even remember what city it was in it was like greensboro maybe winston-salem somewhere out in north carolina okay but uh yeah don't even ask me who the uh who the other acts were that's okay terrible. okay okay let me let oh me ask God. you this was it was this last year that you saw them in 2022 yeah, yeah okay then so. was it earlier in the year or later in the year earlier then that must that had to been when they were out with fit for a king hollow front and avoid that sounds right yeah 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 i maybe <laughs> who was it before them dude you're an encyclopedia of concerts what the hell man it's because I go to all these shows. Like I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that show because that was the first time I got to see a Void play live. And I'm like, okay, I want to. You know, I've interviewed him before. I want to actually see him play live. And I saw him. It's like this is one of the greatest live shows I've ever seen in my entire life. And then Hollow Front goes on. I got like four hours of sleep each night for the last week leading up to it. So all of a sudden, like my energy just kind of like dipped. I'm like, okay, how's this gonna work out? How am I gonna go? Then Silent Planet comes out. I'm just like, Garrett, give me energy. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, they they don't miss, man. It's so good. No, they don't. So actually, I never got it like because you were like like when we had the podcast with Garrett from Sound Planet, you were in the front seat of the car. So how how do you have this connection with Garrett Russell? I'm curious about that. And how did it get to the point where you were in the front seat of the car while we were recording with Garrett, and you're just sitting there, just like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, dude. So. I started listening to I, I've been an OG fan of Silent Planet. Not to not to brag, not to say that like, oh uh, yeah, I'm a hipster because I was there before anyone else. But um yeah, like their first EP uh was the first time I saw them live. And uh I don't know, just like over the years, um there were times where like I would bump into him at a concert and he would remember me, which always blew my mind. And so uh kind of like over the years, the more I saw him at concerts, our conversations got longer and longer. Then back in like 2015, yeah, back in 2015, I was in Europe, uh, in Budapest, and he just happened to be passing by and playing a show there. So I shot him a text and was like, "Hey, um, could I, 
like like this is weird but mm-hmm. i i I've got a flight leaving at like 3 a.m. from Budapest. Would it be cool if I threw my backpack in your green room? And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, just come and hang out. So uh, true story. We ended up, I got dinner with him, his photographer, uh, right before their set. And the place where we got dinner, it was in Budapest uh, at like this tiny little restaurant overlooking an ice skating rink, which was being overlooked by a castle. And there was like a live music thing in the corner. It was, it was super surreal. Um, so, so we've always kind of like known each other all the way back to like 2015. And then, um, yeah, then I kind of made it a point to uh, label myself as the silent planet knockoff band. Um, that is like my uh, tagline um, outside of the, the atheist making Christian metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a proud silent planet knockoff, um, in case you're on a budget and yeah, Garrett just thought it was hilarious and was like, Hey, I want to do, uh, some like silly video stuff with somebody who actually likes our stuff. Um, so he bought me a plane ticket to Nashville. Let me sleep on his couch for a few days. And we like cranked out, um, all of their tour announcement videos <laughs> for the, uh, end of 2020, but yeah, man, it was it was a great time. So when you had your interview with Garrett, it was when he had just picked me up from the airport. And he's, dude, he is the most wide open person I've ever met. And he is just like, oh, shoot. Hey, man, I got this. Uh, I got this podcast I got to do. You just want to like stay put for a sec. And like we, we, were, we were leaving Chipotle and he like pulls open his phone and he's like swerving in and out of traffic. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, our new album, Iridescent. It's super cool. And uh, I was just kind of holding my backpack for dear life and <laughs> living life on the edge. Oh, well, I'm sorry I made you hold on your backpack for dear life and maybe had ah. to hold on, you know, the the holy shit handle just because <laughs> Garrett was weaving out of traffic having a blast. Because I, I remember when he, when he first I was like, oh, yeah, man, I just picked my friend from the airport. We're going to do this on the ride home. I just thought, you know, this is the first for me, but this is going to be fun. So let's just roll with it. Let's have a blast and look at where it's led. I mean, it, it led to us doing this, but I had no idea that, you know, you were going out there and then you shot all those videos for their, like those little headlining run that they were doing in September. And then all the stuff they were doing, going out with the plot and you and avoid once again at the end of the year. Cause I remember seeing those videos and it was just, they were some of the most random, weird, crazy promo videos I've ever seen. And I'm and I just thought I'm like thinking, you know, this just makes a lot of sense because there everyone has these high production, high value. You need to make sure they're crisp and clean. And you're it's like I see I saw what you guys did with the sound plan ones. I'm like, <laughs> these just look random and ridiculous. But it reminded me of like early YouTube just for fun. I'm just thinking, this is great. This is literally making me think like, okay, I want to check this out. I want to see what's going on. And if they're just having fun with it, what's their live show going to be like? So yeah. even though I've already seen, I'm like, what's this going to be like? I want to go out and see it again. Dude, he, yeah, I, I love him to pieces. He gave me like full creative liberty and was just like, yeah, I don't know, man. Just like dick around with it. I don't know. And uh, he's great, man. Um, he, I, I shouldn't say this, but he, he he overpaid me for like I, I I would have done those videos for free and he insisted on paying me and then he paid me even more than the price that we had agreed to just super stellar human it it, it kind of like it grieves me um that like the Christian world gives him so much shit um 
because he he really is like one of the real ones mm-hmm. um and not not like not like a real you know christian whatever the hell that means but just he, he's a real human like a really mm-hmm. good dude anyway um yeah yeah i mean one thing i've <laughs> noticed about especially in talks with a lot of other people around music as well talk to other people that have toured with silent planet people that have just connected with Silent planet it's when they talk about garrett russell there is Nothing short of them talking about being one of the most genuine, most considerate human beings out there. So, of course, when a lot of the stuff from, you know, the Christian world comes in and they've given him all this crap, I'm just thinking, have they ever met this guy in person? I still remember the the last show I saw him at. It was the the show was on my 28th birthday. So I went to go see the show and I was happy as all hell. But during the third song, during a void set, someone need me so hard in the quad where I'm just like I could felt the Bruce arm. I'm like, I'm going to keep going. The pit keep going. Went through all the void set during that like break time. It got so bad. My leg got so stiff. I could, couldn't even move anymore. So I had to sit up for sound plants. I'm just like, oh man, I want to be in there, but I can't. My buddy ended up breaking his foot literally during sound planet set. So uh, yeah, that, 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 that was a reminder of it. But I always, I want to stay back like towards the end of the show and wait as long as possible because I want to talk to Garrett. I want to talk to Benny. Hell, I want to talk to Landon because I had Landon tours on the podcast back in 2021. Yeah. I'm like, I want to talk to this. And Garrett had like was talking to like 10 different people at once and was giving everybody the absolute most time of day as possible. And the only reason I didn't get to talk to him is because two reasons. One, I'm like, you know, I've talked to him before in person. These people, this might be the first time ever talking to him. It might be more important for them to talk to him at this moment than it is for me, which is OK. And yeah. then the venue security is like, nah, man, you got to go. You got to go. I'm just like, damn it. Next time. <laughs> And then I ho- literally had to hobble two blocks in my car. I was like, this is the ah. worst thing ever. Like, it wasn't even, not even the best neighborhood in Milwaukee either. I'm like, shit, shit, shit. That is a struggle. Uh, my sincere condolences. You know what? I look back in and say, worth it. <laughs> you get it, man. Ab- absolutely. And now I'm a little bit curious about you as well, especially, you know, you see a lot of the stuff that especially like Sound Planet has to deal with, especially Garrett from the Christian world as well. And you being a former street preacher who now is an atheist who makes Christian music like there's a lot in there. So from your perspective, especially when it comes to knowing what it's like to be on one side of the aisle and being on the other side of the aisle at the same time as well, with a lot of things going on in Christianity regards to metal music as well. What are some of the things that you saw like when you were a part of all of that and now that you're on the other side of it? Like, what are some of the things that you've seen? What are some of the revelations that you've potentially had? Because that is something that is really interesting to me, especially growing up, going to Catholic grade school, going to Catholic high school and having a lot of this thrown at me at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, in, I, I wasn't raised Catholic. I was raised uh, Protestant, Evangelical, Pentecostal. So, you know, three narrowing yeah. fields of specificity. But um, in my experience, the experiences of Catholics and like hyper Pentecostals are pretty, pretty polar opposite. Um, when I look at a lot of the flack that Christians have given, you know, bands like Silent Planet, um and i i mean every you know christian band is um placed under a lot of scrutiny and in my mind it's usually rooted in a sense of protection and a sense of fear um i i think that there's a lot of commonality with like 
conservative Christians being very cautious of what they consume. Um, you know, like, like, are they, are they watching uh, movies that are good for their soul? Are they listening to, you know, music that's good for their soul, books that are good for their soul? Um, I see a lot of commonality with that and with uh, kind of like not hypochondriacs, but people who are really, really clean eaters. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't eat red dye number 40 because that's been, you know, maybe shown to be cancer. And, oh, I don't eat from, you know, this place or this place or this place. Mm -hmm. um, and they're kind of like hyper paranoid about what they eat. And so I think there's kind of like a similar um, underlying psychological phenomenon there. Uh, because in in their minds, it's like, well, these people are claiming to be Christian bands, which means that they're supposed to be good for your soul. But if they're actually not super legit Christians, um, no matter how nice they are, no matter how kind they are, they might actually be, um, you know, infiltrating your soul and, uh, you know, doing more harm than good. And so it's always out of this sense of safety and concern that they get really up in arms. And it's like, well, who the hell are you? What, you know, what is, and they're poking and prodding, trying to do, you know, this kind of like spiritual purity test. Um, and so it, it's like, I get it. I, I really, really get it because I used to be one of those people. Um, I remember when like for today uh, came out, God, that would have been in like 2014. Mm -hmm. And they had like this whole debacle with, you know, uh, can you be gay and Christian? Right. And it was this huge deal. Um, monster dropped them and they lost tens of thousands of dollars like overnight. And I was the conservative Christian who was saying like, yeah, how dare they say that you can be gay and Christian? Like, don't they know that they're, you know, trying mm -hmm. to, that you're, they need to preach the the true and pure gospel and they're, they're tainting it or, or diluting it mm -hmm. by not being as hard nosed as they should be. Um, and, you know, looking back now, it's like, I, I, it, it's, I, I, it feels like a different human who was saying that. Um, but at the time it was all out of this sense of protection and care for people who I knew were listening to their music and being like spiritually influenced by them. Interesting way to think about that. Cause for, for me specifically, I'm thinking about a couple other instances in music as well. I'm thinking about Under Oath when they came out their album in 2018. And that was like, you know, fully rejecting the moniker that they were like, had that Christian influence in their band anymore. When they came out with On My Teeth and Spence Chamberlain just yells fuck literally in the second line. And, yeah. I, and I, I like, when I was saying, like, I'm like, that, that turned me from, you know, like kind of into this Under Oath band. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Let me get into some of this <laughs> stuff. Like now I'm more interested in it. And there's other bands that have come out and have some of those influence, like they're especially in the metal metal core world that have kind of distanced themselves from that in a way. Some like August burns red devil wears Prada, a lot of stuff like that. And yeah. I totally can understand where you're coming from, especially from you understanding that perspective with, you know, the example you brought up with for today and then where you stand with now, where it's about protection, where it's about, like it, like the protection of the of the norm in a way where in christianity and any religion anyway it's the tradition of certain practices the tradition of how things are supposed to be the tradition of how you're supposed to go about life how you're supposed to follow along with you know whatever the holy text is whether it's the gospel the new testament the old testament the torah the quran whatever it might be and there because it's been around for so long for so many centuries and as things evolve 
it's very much still rooted in tradition. It's very much still rooted in this classical moniker. So when something new and different comes in, like some of these metal bands that are still having these heavier Christian influences in them, because the sound is something that doesn't resonate with the tradition or initially didn't resonate with the, with the style because you think about it when yeah. christians think metal they think bands like you know the first one that came up was always black sabbath and ozzy osbourne and when ozzy osbourne's called the prince of darkness of course that's going to lead a lot of people away so they're going to want to they're going to use that sound and take a look at it as a negative so they can protect their you know what's good for your soul that positivity i still remember this i was in eighth grade and of course I, like i said i went to a catholic school and my theology teacher, she, um, she called me a demon child. And it was because I was listening to the brand new Disturbed record. And I was listening to the song Inside the Fire. And that's the one about David Draymond cont- like going, contemplating suicide at a young age. That, like, that's what that song is all about. And yeah. she wrote this whole entire letter to my mom and... I brought it out to like left school that day. My mom picked me up. We read it in the car and started laughing hysterically. Damn. Cause it was just like this, this entire just rundown of how bad of a person, how bad of a person I was becoming because of the music that I was listening to. And it was like, really? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's, that's ratchet. That's really bad. Um, God. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> I I feel so lucky in a sense because I always have to tell people, you know, they'll ask me like, oh, did you become an atheist because Christians were really shitty to you? And it's like, no, Christians were always great mm-hmm. to me. And it's usually because I was not to not to brag, but I mean, mm-hmm. I was usually the most religious person in the room. You know, if some old gray hair lady in church came and started wagging her finger at me and telling me, well, you shouldn't be doing this or that. I would flip open my Bible and be like, hey, you know, grandma, like, thank you so much for your concern. Actually, I can do that. And you should be doing it, too, based on this verse and this verse and this verse. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. treating her like a person, but still, you know, gently explaining how she's not following her own religion. And she'd be like, oh, I like you. And so (laughs) I don't know. I I never had religion shoved down my throat. And, And I think that, like not having had that experience gives me like a very different view of the whole ordeal. Um, I definitely shoved it down people's throat. So like, you know, I was on the other, Mm -hmm. uh, other side of that fence, but um, yeah, I don't know. Never having it like imposed on me, I think, yeah, give, gave me a very unique perspective about how to do the whole Christian thing. That, that absolutely makes a lot of sense and does give you a unique perspective because I know a lot of people that, you know, especially when me growing up and growing up in that environment and going to school in that environment, knowing a lot of kids that were there, a lot of kids that have removed themselves from that, a lot of it was because of how it was forced down your throat, how it was pressured on you and how heavily it was like, it was like, if you're not doing this exactly, then yeah. you're considered a bad person. And for me, that's one of the main reasons why I kind of backed out from it. Cause I'm like every, like there's a lot of influences I've had in there and there were influences that didn't th- shove, try and shove religion down my throat that treated me like a normal person. And there were influences that tried to shove it down my throat. And I always have this negative response and negative reminder for the people that tried to shove it down my throat. But 
for those that were just treating me like a normal person that were treating me like a human being and yeah. were just getting in that conversation that were heavily involved with the Catholic faith. I still look at those people with the highest regard. I still look at those people and think, you know, po- I remember that their memories from the interactions with them in a very positive way. But a lot of that is like, I still remember the negatives. However, from your standpoint, because you never really had to push down your throat, even though you kind of, when you were in the street preacher, kind of see, you know, really forcing it in there. Yeah. It's a different kind of thing because the influence that you had coming up was very welcoming in that. And this is not a, a damage for anyone that is very religious or is very into sure. Christian because there's a lot of great people out there. But when you get the organized aspect of it and there's a lot of these other issues that come into play, a lot of these other things do happen. And I have talked about that before and I'm always happy to talk about it again. So that's a very, again, unique perspective from you. So when it was so shoved down, when it wasn't really shoved down your throat and you just kind of graduated in there and then you became like, you know, the most religious person in the room, shoving it down people's throats. What was the thing that made you pull back? Like, what were some of those, like, what was the main thing that turned you from where you were to as a, like a street preacher, most religious person in the room, you know, being able to go to know, like, know what Bible verse re, re, uh, specifically refers to what you're talking about versus mm-hmm. where you are now as an atheist making Christian music. Like, how did that, like, what was the moment that really took that from one spot to the other? If there was a moment or moments. Yeah. 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 And, and, Thank you for phrasing it that way. Um, I, I think a lot of Christians, when they ask me about it, they really want to imagine that it was like one thing, you know, like, oh, you know, your dad died. And then you said, you know, fuck God in, in response to that. Or it was like, you know, something something happened. Um, and the reality is it was a much slower and more painful process, um, you know, because my, my faith wasn't like a it wasn't like a chain link fence or it wasn't like a, like a chain. Right. I mean, it was, it was more like a tapestry and there were a lot of, you know, individual threads Mm -hmm. and fibers of faith that held it together. Right. So, um, you know, I believed in faith or I believed in God because, well, I, I think the historicity of the new Testament is really solid. And then, okay, maybe it's not quite as solid as you thought it was. And then, well, I believe in God because of, you know, this, philosophical argument. Well, okay, maybe that argument wasn't super good. And I believe in God because of objective morality. And okay, well, maybe. And, and, you know, slowly it felt like all of those reasons um, kind of started unraveling one by one. And then, you know, it felt like I had to squint harder and harder to see that faith. Um, And so at a certain point, it just felt like, well, I could in Christian circles, they call it deconstructing. Um, so, you know, if you grew up a fundamentalist Catholic or a fundamentalist Protestant and you say, hey, I want to keep my religion, but, you know, maybe it's a little bit more loosey-goosey than I was taught. You know, maybe it really is just about um, l- treating other people right and loving your brother as yourself. Um, I think that that was never really an option for me because I... I was so convinced of my own interpretation of the Bible um, that I was like, yeah, if it didn't happen this way, then it's all bullshit. Um, And I think that's really unfortunate, but I still kind of think that way. Um, You know, I have a lot of love and and respect for people who just kind of have like a general... um, a general air of, of Christianity about them, a, a sense of, you know, 
being kind mm-hmm. and loving to other people. But I think deep down, I'm too much of a hard ass for that. <laughs> um, I think I have a lot of respect for people who say, hey, I don't care whether or not I like this belief. I'm going to get to the bottom of it and I'm going to be philosophically consistent no matter what. If that means that I have to go street preach at 2 a.m. to, uh, you know, because it's what the text says that I need to do, that I'm going to do it. If it means that I need to, um, you know, uh, disregard my friends and family or or reject them entirely, then I'm going to do it. And and I have this innate respect for that because I get how fucking hard it is. Um, And that's not just with Christians. That's kind of with anyone of mm-hmm. any philosophical or theological persuasion that if you're willing to put your money where your mouth is, you know, if you're willing to give up your possessions and give to the poor, if you're willing to, um, you know, <laughs> abstain from sex until you're married, whatever that thing is, that's hard, that's difficult. If, if you're willing to change your lifestyle based on what you think is right, I have a shitload of respect for that. I would have to absolutely agree with you on that as well. Just on the on the basis of if you're it's it kind of like you're not being a hypocrite about anything you're doing. You're being so consistent with your beliefs where it's not it's it's not easy to go and do something like that. It's very easy to stray off and kind of just go with the flow, be more loosey goosey and just kind of okay, I'm gonna this day I'm feeling like I'm gonna be as devout as possible, so I'm gonna go this route. But maybe the next day, you know what? I'm just gonna have some fun, be loosey goosey. And just do whatever. But yeah. having that consistency, and this kind of speaks to anything in life anyway, that consistency can be so hard and so just difficult to keep up. Yeah. So especially from a philosophical standpoint, if you're doing that and you're doing that for your full belief, I mean, I can understand having a lot of respect for that too. That, that It just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that, you know, there, I, I definitely ran into my fair share of hypocritical Christians all throughout life, mm-hmm. but I was always really quick to dismiss them, you know, like, oh, you know, Aunt Sheila's bitching at me because I'm watching Pokemon or something stupid like that. And I was always just able to kind of dissociate that and be like, well, yeah, but Aunt Sheila doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. And, you know, she didn't try to read the New Testament in the original Greek. Like, I don't I don't respect her. I don't respect her opinion. Um, but, you know, there, there were a lot of really devout people who. God, I read this in a book once. It's like the best people are the people who keep others to a high standard than, and them help themselves to an infinitely higher standard. And it's like, I love that. Um, and I, I knew a lot of people like that. Hell, I still know a lot of people like that. Um, one of my, uh, some of the most fun that I've had recently is, um, I went to go get smashed on the the Glenwood and Raleigh, the party street here. It's just bars and clubs. And I went to go party and there were some street preachers out and I couldn't help myself. And I just, I ended up spending the entire night just shooting the shit with the street preachers. I shit you not. One of them is like my new best friend. Um, (laughs) and we ended up. I talked him into uh, getting some whiskey with me at the bar across the street from where he normally street preaches. Mm. And so I just sat and talked with this street preacher for like an hour and a half. And uh, he told me his whole life story. And, and I mean, it's like, I, I, I love stuff like that. Just, you know, getting to see behind the curtain and these people who are just kind of caricatures mm. 
of themselves, you know, to the rest of the world. And then, you know, getting to see like what really makes a person like that tick. Um, it's really fascinating and, and beautiful sometimes. That is something that is really incredible just to think about because especially when I think about today's culture, today's day and age, especially here in the United States where anytime you have people that have differing beliefs on something and it's something that's very strong in differing beliefs the and they're just meeting for the first time, the typical way that interaction goes is it gets to be very aggressive at times, potentially very hostile at times. And you don't really want to give that first time a day because you might be so strongly in what you think is right, what your belief is. And the other person's way of life, their belief might be something completely different that you're trying to protect yours. You're trying to show that instead of trying to get an understanding, you're trying to show that you're right. You're trying to just make sure that you are right and win that argument. So there's a lot of disconnect that happens. But for you to go up to talk to the street preacher like that, have an hour and a half conversation, just enjoy each other's company, hear about each other's lives, just share these different uh, instances, share these different memories, share these different experiences, and then go and grab some whiskey afterwards. That's that's something that really brings a lot of positivity to not only, you know, your world, but also to their world as well and creates more of this positive connection between this whole, like whatever the Christian belief system, whatever denomination they're working in and the rest of it and everybody else as a whole, because now you're creating this bridge between, you know, you're not going to get, nope, not everybody's going to come and follow you. Maybe no one comes and follows you. But maybe yeah. they're going to have an idea where they're going to respect you as a person and they're going to respect your ability to respect them as a person. So when you bring up certain ideas and you bring up certain, you know, maybe moral questions, you know, you're going to be able to have that conversation, have that open dialogue. And maybe at times, you know, people think, oh, you know, maybe they're maybe they're right on this. Maybe they're not right on this, but you're going to have that respect going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. And I mean. I don't know. I could, I could talk on that for so long. Uh, I think that a lot of people are just really afraid. And I, I think that that's like, that's maybe what drives all of it. You know, why do you, why do you walk around the street preacher? Why are you, you know, refuse to interact with them? Um, sometimes it's cause you're busy, you know, sometimes it's cause you got other plans, but like, I think there's a part of a lot of people that wonders like, well, shit, what if he's right? And they don't want to listen to that. But you know, when you're confident in your belief, then it's like, that guy's not a threat to me. I'm, I'm curious about who he is and what he stands for. And like, you're just able to kind of like analyze it and interpret it. And, and I think that that's, you know, going back to the, the scrutiny that, that Christians put on Christian bands. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's a huge level level of fear in that as well. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, can these people be trusted? Um, are they safe? Are they, are they, um, really out to hurt us or harm us. And yeah, I don't know what to make of all that, just how much fear there is in our lives and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and how do we interpret this world and what's going to damn us, what's going to save us. It's it's a lot. It's hard being human. It is. And I kind of have an idea about that for the fear between Christians and these Christian bands, especially the Christian metal bands that we're kind of really referring to on this. And a lot of it is because it kind of goes both ways. It's when you take a look at the majority of people that are a part of these, whether it's majority of Christians or majority of people that are in these Christian bands on either side, the major, or just or in metal music as well, the majority of them are going to be genuinely good people who have genuinely yeah. good intentions, who are just 
you know, want to be, be the best human they can. And like you said, hold people to a higher standard and also hold themselves to an even higher standard as well. So that we constantly are creating this world of connection, this world of caring, this world that's basically, it's kind of like, you know, caring about yourself, but also caring about the others, others as much as you care about yourself at the exact same time. And a lot of these bands and a lot of these bands that are under the Christian, you know, guideline, Christian metal, like banner, a lot of them very much follow that. A lot of them are the exact same way. I think about the interaction I've heard about people that have had with a lot of these metal bands and some of the best interactions of all time. Some of them are the ones that get people just to go after their dreams, try try out with music, even if they're not yeah. Christian metal, if they're just regular metal bands. But just like Christianity and just like metal, there's always going to be that small section that's going to bring forward the negative. And as humans, we're going to focus much more in on the negative than the positive. If yeah. it's going to be something we're more resistant to, if we're thinking, if, if it's Christian singing about metal music, you know, they're going to think about, again, they're going to think about the Ozzy Osbournes. They're going to think about Marilyn Manson. They're going to think about just all of this negativity that they've heard about and have connected with it. So that's all they're going to focus on. And from the other side with people that aren't really into Christianity, they're going to take a look at all the issues that Christian Christianity has had over the course of what, 2000 years at this point, they're going to take a look at the crusades. They're going to take a look at the sale of indulgences back in the 1500s. They're going to take a look at like with the Catholic church, the, uh, the abuse that was happening with like, the abuse that was happening that was uncovered by the Boston Globe in 2002, every, right. all these different, like, you know, sweeping this stuff under the rug kind of, it just, you're always going to look at the negatives of these things. If you're not, if you're like, kind of like on the other side of the aisle, because that's, what's going to stand out to you. We're humans. That's what we focus in on because positivity is something we all want, but negativity kind of just has that thing that we just inherently focus on a little bit more. So, when that happens, it's that's where I think that rift comes in where even though the majority are going to be that just hold each other to a higher standard, are going to create these incredible positive interactions that people are going to, especially from the, the metal side, that people are going to remember and take forward with them for the rest of their lives. There's always going to be that small group that's going to have more of the negative influence on there that the yeah. other side of the aisle is going to see as the larger portion of it because they're going to put the spotlight on it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, really well sat down. I, I agree completely. It's it's something I've thought about for quite a while too, and it for me, I just think about because like it kind of makes sense, especially going back to when I was called the demon child in eighth grade. It was well, that band is definitely not one that is a demon child band. Like the negative, like each disturbed. Is there really anything negative you can say about the guys and like the music they put out there, yeah. the message that they're putting out there, especially right now? no it's 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 rather helpful they're trying to get people to beat addiction to get through and pass their demons to better their mental health like that's what they're focusing in on it's like dang you know that's something that's very powerful and very connective to humans as a whole of course you're still going to get you know the the bands that it's just like okay you know well this band actually is just doing like horrible evil things so uh the focus is going to go on them and then because the focus is on them for that then all of kind of metal gets, especially from the Christian standpoint, all of metal gets lumped into that and they see it as that. And then they become very protective of their yeah. own beliefs. And just kind of how we talked about the beginning, when you talk about the protective side of things, it makes a lot of sense. And then from the opposite side, it's kind of the same way. Mm. A thousand percent. All right. So I've got a question for you. Totally shifting gears a little bit. So, uh, you know, Disturbed, Ozzy Osbourne, mm-hmm. those dudes, they don't, 
they don't deserve the the title of like evil band right i mean they've got you know dark imagery or whatever mm-hmm. but it's like it's uplifting and positive right so who does deserve the title of evil band like i think about this a lot that i don't know of any bands who are like really advocating for evil shit i mean like truly abhorrent awful things like who who does deserve that title like is there such a band i don't think there's one that deserves it in terms of just like a you know promoting evil terrible shit but some of the actions that the band has taken and some of their what they've done and the one i'm thinking about specifically on that one is blood on the dance floor they had some, yeah, didn't they have some uh, pedo bear kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so okay, stuff, like, stuff like that, it's just like, okay, especially from the Christian standpoint, you hear about stuff like that happening. Of course, it might be happening with one band or maybe only two bands in the scene that are really doing something right. like that on that level, If it's even if they're doing it at all. But still, the focus being on that, because it's so negatively against what their belief is, now yeah. it's because they're going to take a look and kind of lump all of metal in that because the spotlight is on it right there. That's fair. That's fair. Do you think that there's any bands, though, that are like actively advocating for evil, though? Because, I mean, you know, they, mm-hmm. they weren't excited about getting caught, um, but, you know, they would have never been like, yeah, we endorse child yeah. abuse, right? Yeah, um, I don't think there's any band that would endorse something like that. So when it comes to like the their performance and the music and the meaning behind it, yeah, yeah. The, no, there's no band that's really advocating for horrible, horrible things. It just seems weird to me because, I mean, like, you know, we're we're in the metal scene. We like dark shit. Um, we watch horror movies and watch, you know, music videos of blood and gore and all this shit. But, like, I don't know. It just seems like somebody needs to, like, fill that void and just, you know, be like, hey, I unironically endorse cannibalism. I'm trying to think if some band actually came out and said that, what would be the reaction? <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know. I just like, you know, because I feel like the, the most controversial thing that has ever happened in metal was like, I don't know, Ozzy Osbourne eating a bat's head or something. Um, or who was that? Who was that recent girl who like pissed on a dude on stage? Oh, Brass Against. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty gnarly scene. I mean, like that was that was a statement. Um I don't know. I just feel like nobody's really made like a good statement lately. Yeah, no one's no one's made like an absolute statement like that. Maybe since Ozzy bit that off the bat, because of course, think about the bat, the brass against uh, pissing on stage on a fan's head incident. The difference between the two is when Ozzy did it, it got like it got worldwide attention. That the brass against one, it got attention in the music scene, but beyond that, it really didn't go any further after the like a week. But everyone knows yeah. the story of Ozzy biting the head off a bat. That's true. That's true. Oh, man. And I, unfortunately, know very well uh, the story of the Brass. What is it? Brass Against? Brass Brass Against. Brass Against. Yeah. She had a stream. That was just, it was not pleasant. I saw the video. I regret regret everything. (laughs) Shouldn't have clicked. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have clicked on that one. (laughs) Clickbait is clickbait, man. Listen, sometimes it's hook, line, and sinker. It's some sometimes sometimes it is and now it's like surely I, this is a euphemism surely this just, is an exaggeration there's no way that she yeah. oh my god she did it's like Fuck. she did and and it just keeps going and going it's like the energizer bunny here man and he loved it yeah that <laughs> dude that 
that dude was enjoying it every step of the way. Oh, All right, exactly, because I know we're running out of time right now. I got one more question for before we close this bad boy out, and if it, it's just from your perspective, what could be something, especially from you know the Christian side and the Christian metal side, what could be something that would maybe be able to bridge that gap and kind of close down that disparity to for you know one side to be protective of its own beliefs over there, like kind of like what could be something that could kind of maybe culminate that and bring that together more especially under the guise of we know so many of these bands we know so many of these band members and we know how positive they are and how great the reactions they get and how great the re you know the the experiences they end up sharing with the fans so what could be something that could be done especially from your perspective being on both sides at one point in time to sort of bridge that gap and start to make that a little more connective so that it's not seen as a terrible thing. And then more Christians get into Christian metal. We get more metal heads and now metals, you know, the most popular thing in the world again. So yeah. Trust in God. Ooh. I was kind of expecting like a little bit of a longer answer, but just three words in that. That's some powerful shit. Oh my God. Kevin, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I really it has been a it. pleasure talking to you. So as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, one thing I like to do is give my guests, which is you in this instance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug or even a plug, promote your promote at the end of the podcast. So my friend, the floor is yours. Damn. Um, all right. Well, I want to take this opportunity to say that I am coming out of the closet and fully endorsing cannibalism. I think <laughs> that the beauty of human sacrifice has gone unnoticed for far too long. And I say it ends today. Um, <laughs> grab your least favorite relative and just sacrifice them. Just do it. It hardly hurts. And I don't know. Uh, take a bite. Make a smoothie. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> oh my god! Holy shit! That might be the best. You know, the floor is yours moment I've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> Honored. Oh my God. All right. Now I, now how can I close up this podcast with my three things? So first things first, when it comes to finding Jared online, when it comes to finding heliocentric online, you know, if you're a fan of silent planet, you are going to absolutely love this material from the sound, from just the incredible poetry. That is the lyrics. You're going to want to check it out. So the best thing you can do is go to the description of the podcast or it's find heliocentric online. You're going to see links and labels for everything for everything on social media where you can watch all the YouTube videos and of course Jared's content on YouTube as well, where he goes a little bit more into this whole entire, you know, Christian, Christian metal thing and his experiences as well. I end up watching those videos. So that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. And I'm like, Oh, this was going to be fun, which it was. And check out the music as well. I have streaming services down there as well for you. So I'm doing all the heavy lifting, doing all the hard work, making sure convenience is key. So make sure you click on those. Now it's time for number two, Jared, this is, your second time kind of on the podcast first as a guest, but second time overall. And when I had Garrett on the podcast, I made a promise to him that it was Ooh. what Ooh. I made a promise to him that said when I saw him play live for the next time. And when I actually get to see him, you know, in person that my promise to him was first rounds on me. Well, Jared. Yeah. When I get to see you for the first time, whether it's perform live or whether it's at a random silent planet show, you'll see the guy in the crazy in the pit going crazy wearing the Milwaukee Brewers hat. And you're like, you'll be like, oh my God, that's Kevin. And then you're just going to run up to me. You want some, you owe me a whiskey. I'm just going to look and say, oh shit. Yeah, dude, <laughs> we're just going to go and get a whiskey. 
dude, I will always take more whiskey. Perfect. And as the third thing, I cannot end this podcast. I'll get conscious by saying goodbye because I've made a promise to you. If there's a heliocentric show that's coming around me, I'm going to be like, holy shit, I'm going to go and see that perform live if you're going to make that happen. Otherwise, I'll run you at a sound plant show at some point in time. And dude, this conversation was fantastic. I'd love to dive even more into this with you. So I'd love to be back in the podcast again in the future if you would like to. Dude, it would be a joy and a privilege. Yes, even after endorsing cannibalism. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so I cannot end this podcast and I'll get conscious by saying goodbye. So Jared, this is not goodbye. This is, I'll see you later. See you later, Kevin. Well, folks, this is my interview with Jared from the band Heliocentric. And now it's time for Kevin's final thoughts. So this is an episode I was super excited to do. After watching through Heliocentric's YouTube channel, finding out about Jared and finding out more about his roots, especially in Christianity being a street preacher to going to be an atheist and kind of just really getting an aspect around there and getting more of the context and more of his story around everything that he's dealt with and gone through. And it was something that was truly interesting and truly inspiring for me. And the reason I say that specifically is because, again, I grew up Catholic. I grew up in Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. So I remember what it was like having a lot of that organized piece of it really shoved at me and really forced upon me. And I, like I said in the episode, I remember the people that really tried to force it upon me. And because anytime I met them with any kind of question or any resistance, they really got, you know, kind of heft, like up in arms about it, kind of got in my face about it. And something that Jared said about, you know, kind of connecting Christian and Christianity and Christian metal, why there's that rift there and talking about how Christians, especially the very devout ones are very protective of what their belief is. And they want don't, and they, if they see something as a potential threat to it, even if it does have that Christian base in it, if it goes against the tradition of their belief, they really kind of push back against it. That's kind of what I experienced. The, the people within Christianity that when I was growing up that I had talked to that I had actually had asked these questions to, that weren't shoving this stuff in my face or trying to force stuff down my throat. They were the ones that I still, you know, think about positively and have this positive connection with because they were the ones that were open. They were the ones that would actually take the question and actually be like, okay, you know, we see where you're potentially coming from. We see where these questions are coming from. We understand. Let's, let's have a dialogue here. And they treated me like I was an actual person instead of just a dumb kid with a question. That's something I really took to heart and just thinking about just what we were talking about where his perspective is Jared's perspective going from being a street preacher to where he is now. And when he talked about the idea of like the protection thing, that was something that really took my mind into a whole different mindset because it made a lot of sense to me. It absolutely did. It made a lot of sense understanding how a belief that strong can really be connected to there. And of course, that was one thing I really wanted to understand it was and question him on was from his perspective, you have Christian metal and you have Christianity. And of course, there's always going to be that rift there. What can we do to, you know, take out that rift so we can focus more on the positivity and the negativity? And I was expecting a much larger answer. But when he said trust in God, I was like, oh, that's a good one. Because it, it, it's something that connects both Christianity as a whole and these Christian metal bands. So it was something that really, really kind of like connects. It's like, dang, that really 
was fantastic. This is a great conversation. I can't wait to do it again with Jared. So make sure you're following along with Heliocentric. Go to the description of the podcast where it says find Heliocentric online. You'll find everything from Jared. I want you guys to check out his YouTube channel specifically because if you like Soundplant, you're going to like the music. And if you are curious about this stuff, he does have some videos where he explains a little bit more of his story. So go and check that link description of the podcast. Make sure you find along with the Core Progression podcast. We are on Facebook and Instagram primarily. So go like and you know follow those pages. Also, you know, if you want to reach out to us, that's the best way to do it. Just send us a message on there. I'm the one that looks them. I'm the one that answers them. So you're going to get an answer directly from me. Please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. So hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button on the video to make sure it does better in the algorithm. He'll leave a comment what you thought. And specifically this, leave a comment if you are heavily involved in Christianity, just what you thought of the episode, what you thought of some of these questions, what your answer are to some of these questions. I would love to hear what you have to say about this. I would love to get in a, in a conversation with you. Let's get in a dialogue with you about this. That's what I'm all about. That's what I want to do. So leave a comment there. If you're on Spotify, Podcasts, I Heard Radio, and Amazon, make sure you hit that follow button or that like button or that subscribe button. really helps me out as well. I want to thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for enjoying the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. On top of that, make sure you also are... Um, Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. 20% off. Just go to TV20 at FX.com. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Link description of the podcast. Thank you, Jared, once again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is a great conversation. Time to close out with the banks. On that note, that's going to be for you guys. Thank you for listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. It's a big, healthy, and hearty. Ah. See ya! Yeah!